You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Welcome to the Vineyard. Testing one, two, there we go. This is time to make our declaration. Independence, no, we are dependent. (laughs) We are dependent upon the Lord. And so let's stand and make our declaration coming from Paul's letter. Actually, this has come from the Gospel of Luke, which is coming from the book of Isaiah. And then we'll go to Galatians to Paul. (laughs) The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Amen. My name's Rick Francis. I'm the pastor here. It's a joy to be with you today. It's good to have another elder on board as well. Indeed. We've been in chapter 10, and in chapter 10, Jesus is dealing with, at, at one point, he's dealing with <clears throat> divorce, then he's dealing with children, and then he's dealing with the rich young man who's coming, who's very religious, obeys all the rules, uh, has been really devout, but he wants to know what it is that he can do that he could inherit eternal life. His problem is he thinks there's something that he can do. And Jesus looks at the guy, loves him, and tells him, you lack one thing. And so we've been thinking, okay, Lord, what what is it that I lack? What is it that I lack? It's not so that I can get to heaven, but so that I can be fruitful in the kingdom. What is it? So Jesus changes the language from inherit eternal life to enter into the kingdom. So if you want to enter into the kingdom and and play, and as we know, John Wimber always said, everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to play. It's not just for clergy. This is for all believers. We all get to do the things that Jesus did. And so here we go. What must I do? He says, well, if you want... You want to be perfect, complete, you lack one thing. Go and sell everything that you have, okay? Give to the poor, okay? Come, now you gotta come, gotta go a different direction, and follow me. And the difficulty with this is, It's an invitation to relationship. Most of the time we get choked on what we have to give up and we don't understand what we are being invited to experience. There's something about when you come into the presence and you know the Lord, as you're knowing the Lord, 
then whatever's required of you is really pretty simple. It may look from the outside to other people like, I can't believe he did that. But when you're doing it because of the presence of the Lord, because you've come to him and you're following him, it's really quite easy. He gives us the grace to release everything that he wants us to release. And so that's a dynamic that oftentimes we miss when we just look at the scripture and we don't see what is actually taking place. Jesus wants a personal relationship with each and every one of us. He wants us to come and to follow him. I think the way oftentimes we do American Christianity is we come and we, we say the prayer, we confess our sins, we invite Jesus to come into our heart, and then our perception is that Jesus will follow me. And as I go about doing my stuff, Jesus is my tag along. Instead of being my Lord to where I'm paying attention to where he's going. One of the most fun things to do in ministry is when you see Jesus show up and he begins to move on someone, what do you wanna do? You wanna go and get involved. There's nothing more fun than when you see the Lord moving in somebody's life to come up and come in agreement. Lord, what you're doing here, I just wanna bless it. Thank you, Lord, increase. Increase the manifestation of your love and power in this person's life. I'm like a pig in mud. It's just so much fun when you see what the Lord's doing and you get to participate in it. That's following Jesus. That's not Jesus following you. Sometimes I forget that I'm following Jesus and I'm busy doing a my own thing, and all of a sudden I become aware, he's here. Ooh, I haven't been following, but here is a, an opportunity, here's a moment in time and space where his presence is already there and I kind of stumble upon it. Those are fun, those are fun. It's best if we follow him from the start. But when we haven't, it's wonderful when we stumble across him as we're going about our daily life. So Jesus is there, the disciples are distraught. They're wondering if this guy who had money and was observing all the Old Testament commands and everything, if, if he went away sad and sorrowful, what hope is there for us? Who can be saved? And with this, Jesus says, with men it's impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Everything's possible with the Lord, everything. One of the things that, uh, as I was praying this morning, just saying, Lord, what is it that you wanna go after today? And I, I was reminded of, of the woman who was bent over for uh, 18 years. Uh, messed up by, by the enemy. And Jesus came and healing came to her today. And I felt like in my spirit, the Lord was just saying, I would like to minister to all those who have had long-term conditions. 
you've had something and you've had it not just a week, a month, a year, you've had it for a long time. I think he wants to show off a little today. So if you have something, be thinking of that. And as we get to that place of communion, let's, let's receive ministry and prayer and let's see what God will do. Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 28. Peter said to him, we've left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields. And with them, persecutions. Aren't you glad we're studying the Gospel of Mark? Mark is the only one that includes with persecutions. Hmm. Amen? Okay, okay, okay. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. So here's Peter. <laughs> it's impossible, but we've left everything. We've left everything to follow you. Wow. Now Jesus, when he says, I tell you the truth, guess what? He's going to tell you the truth. So whenever you see that, whether you're reading in the King James, verily, verily, I say unto you, or you're in the NIV, I tell you the truth. Notice that what he's going to say is, this is a phrase to get your attention to listen, because what I'm about to say is important. No one has left home. Hmm. We'll pause there. Home. In the Gospel of John, we see that the disciples of John the Baptist are seeing Jesus, and John says, Behold the Lamb of God, and they start to follow. And Jesus, in the Gospel, says, Foxes have dens, or holes, to, dens to live in, and birds have nests, but I, the Son of Man, have no home of my own, not even a place to lay my head. So Rick, why'd you put that in there? You know, Jesus never asked us to do something that he didn't do. When he came and at that point and it was time to begin ministry, he left his home. He left his home. Hmm. Family, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children. Jesus left his family. He went out to do his father's work. And at one point, as we'll see in a minute, they come to try to find him. He hasn't been home in a while, so what's he up to? No one has left fields. Fields, that's leaving the farm. When, when, you, when you're leaving the field, you're leaving the farm. You're leaving that which represents how you provide for your family, for your life, your day-to-day -day living. You leave your fields. You leave the farm. For me and the gospel. He says no one has done that. Except they're going to receive a hundred times. Look at that. A hundred times as much in this present age. Homes. 
brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields. Okay? Mark chapter 3, they come to find, find Jesus. They're, they're thinking that he might have just, his cheese might have slipped off his cracker. He's uh, beside himself. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And they come and they announce to him that his mother and brothers and sisters are here. And he looks around and he says, who are my mother and brothers and sisters? He who does the will of my father. Whoever does the will of God is my mother, my father, my brother, my sister. These are my family. These are my folks, those who do the will of God. Wow. And there's multitudes that's fallen Jesus. 5,000 besides women and children, wow. There's all sorts of folks that become part of the family as you continue. Homes, it's never recorded that Jesus ever had a home. If you've watched The Chosen, it looks like he shows up at Peter's house a couple times. <clears throat> but that's not really good biblical substantiation. But we find that there was a special place it's called Bethany. It's the place where Lazarus, Mary, and Martha lived. And there seems to be some kind of special relationship that that's kind of Jesus' getaway place. That's where he spent a lot of time. There's been a lot that's been written about this. Bethany was a special place for the Lord Jesus. It was a place where he was welcome. Yet as he sent out his disciples, he'd say, as you go out into the homes, if you come to a house and they receive you, enter in. Don't try to advance to a better home. Stay there if they're willing to receive you. And so it's like the world is my parish, John Wesley said. And it's like you have access to every home on the planet if they receive you as a brother and a sister in the Lord. We have access to one another's homes. <clears throat> Fields, the future provision, the farm. Yeah. When you're following Jesus, he knows how to multiply fish. He knows how to multiply loaves. He knows how to bring provision when you're walking with him. And then Mark would have to put an persecutions. Ay, ay, ay. What he's saying is if, if they, they're going to treat you the way they treat me. And so we go to John chapter 15. And it says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. So if you want to get a, an understanding of what kind of persecutions you got forward to look to, just read the Gospels. See how they treated Jesus and you will get an understanding of how you will probably be treated as well. Okay? Make sense? 
Yeah, are you excited? I mean, is this just a great day to come to church? Get ready for persecution. Mm-hmm. Mm. In the age to come, I tell you the truth, and in the age to come, eternal life. Eternal life. That was the beginning question of this passage. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus redefines it, and it's not about what you do, it's what he's done. And as you come and as you follow him, and as you go through these things, you leave, you follow, you will be assured of eternal life. <clears throat> John chapter 17, verse three says, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. That's the prayer of Jesus. And he defines what eternal life is. Eternal life is when we know God as our Father and we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's in the relationship that we experience eternal life. It's not when we die and go to heaven, it's when we receive him and we know him and we understand God now is our Father and Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And it's out of that close, intimate relationship with him that heaven comes to earth. It comes to us. In his presence is fullness of joy. And so we find the reality that as we experience that personal relationship with him, and as we grow and continue, we deal with our, our flaws, we deal with our patterns, our, our habits, uh, those things, we, we deal with those as we, we're on the way. We don't have to wait until we get it all perfect before we can follow him. We just have to do what he says. Release this, come and follow me. As we come and follow him, guess what? You've got the best life ever. Doesn't matter how much money you make, when you're with Jesus, he owns it all. You know, if you go fish, who knows? You might catch a whopper, or you might catch something that has a gold coin in it. You never know how he's going to provide. We just know that he will. Why? Because he's a good father. Yes. He's a good, good father. And it's the security of the child who knows his father, who knows that I can come and I can walk with him. And that's really all I need to be concerned about. He will provide. He will give the diagnosis when we need the diagnosis. He'll give the, the procedures as we need the procedures. He'll bring us to the right place at the right time for his glory because he loves you. He just flat out loves you. Look in the mirror and tell yourself, he loves you, he really does. And that's the good news from the gospel today. We find that in the kingdom of God, things are so different than the things of this world and the culture that we have in the Western Hemisphere. And so we see that the kingdom reverses almost the values. It's, it's the divine reversal, the kingdom reversal. The first will become last, and the last will become first. You know, with Lazarus, 
who's, who's the beggar in the story, the parable that Jesus talks about. There's a rich man. He's got all this lavish food and he's just having a good time and poor Lazarus at the gate and he's starving. But when you get into the kingdom, Lazarus is the one who is feasting with the Lord and the rich man is the one who's without. There's an upside down kingdom here. Oftentimes, it got almost so that as, as I was growing up, I was just thinking, well, if I want this, I probably should go the other way because whatever I want seems to be the wrong thing. So Lord, should I go this way? It served me well in a lot of instances. It also messed me up a time or two, but uh, because the, the Lord puts the desires in our heart for what we do desire as we continue to grow and we get with him and, and the kingdom develops and all of a sudden we get a kingdom heart, a kingdom mindset, and then our passions and desires shift. But in those early stages where you're self-centered and you're selfish and all you're thinking about is me, 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 then it was like, okay, I probably should go the other way. And it's amazing how that worked out for me early in my development. Mm -hmm. The greatest among you will be servant of all. Hmm. Why? Because this is what Jesus modeled. The son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. He didn't come to be served, he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so as he gets ready at the end of his life, nobody's washing the feet. So Jesus takes the towel and the basin and he washes the disciples' feet. And we're just saying, I don't know about you, but when that happens, it's like, what? Don't, don't let Jesus wash smelly feet. But he's modeled for us every step of the way so that we will understand Humility is the way of the kingdom. Humility is the way that we need to walk. He gives grace to the humble, he opposes the proud. So anytime you find yourself getting a little arrogant, a little proud, just realize, I probably ought to shift on the other foundation. I need to get on the foundation of humility. Humble yourself, therefore, under the Lord his mighty hand, so that he can lift you up at the right time. He never puts us down. He will call us to humility so he can exalt us. So Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for the beauty of the gospel of Mark that we've studied now for months and months and months. We thank you, Father, that you still are speaking to our hearts. And we just confess, Lord, with you, there is nothing that's impossible. Everything is possible in your kingdom. And so as we come to the table to receive the cup, to receive the bread, we say, Lord Jesus, you are worth following in the most radical way that you call each one of us to. And so we say, yes, Lord. We give you our yes today. We say, Lord, do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.